Let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And we want to read verses 29, 30, and 31. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 31. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. And by faith the harlot Rahab perished, not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And I want to talk about miracles by faith. Miracles by faith. Uh, we are surrounded uh, in our life by a lot of pressures from every direction. And sometimes uh, uh, we don't know what to do. But I, in reading this chapter here and looking at these things about um, the Red Sea opening up and uh, trying to imagine that desert lifestyle and marching around Jericho, we sit on cushioned pews and we've got air conditioning and we've got nice things in our homes and it might be kind of hard for us to realize the situation that the scripture actually portrays. But in these three verses we read three very remarkable stories and uh, they're dramatic and remarkable and it might be hard for us to grasp because we think we've not uh, participated in anything like that. But what I'd like for you to know that these things happen to people who are just like us. So many times we tend to think that the Bible people were different than we were. But, uh, and maybe I thought that more than, uh, or just as much as you did, until I started traveling around the world. And I found out that people in other countries, even though they speak a different language, and may have different food and different types of ways of living, but basically down in their heart, they're still people just like us in a lot of ways. And uh, when you read these Bible accounts and they seem so fantastic, I want you to remember this. They are accurate, actual accounts. I don't believe it's just stories made up. I don't believe that it's a figment of somebody's imagination. I believe that these are actually things that happened, a historical record. And they, they were exploits by faith. And the Lord is the one who made them to happen. Hallelujah. And that Lord that made those things happen that's recorded in these three verses of Scripture today is the Lord who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now when we try to identify with people like Moses and Joshua and Sarah and Abraham and Noah and Enoch and Abel, we might feel intimidated a little bit. They seem to be bigger than life to us because we read of the things that happened to them. And we feel maybe somewhat less than they are. But I want to remind you of several things here tonight. Number one, people are people and nothing more. People are just simply people. They were not super any more than we are super. They were, uh, there were not no such things as haves and have-nots. Everybody is the same in God's eyes, just plain old folks. People are just people, that's all. None of us can walk on water. Right? And we probably doubt more than we believe. Don't forget the fact that people are people and all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so did they. We need to put Moses and 
Joshua and Sarah and Abraham and all these people, Noah and Enoch and these, Rahab, are on the same level with us. They're the same, we're the same kind of people that we are now. People are just people, that's all. And we need to realize that. Even Moses and Rahab and all, they sinned at some time or another and came short of the glory of God. But another thing I'd like to remind you of, that God is God and nothing less. He is God and nothing less than God. He wasn't more God in the days of Moses than he is now, was he? And Jesus Christ was not more powerful and inspiring in the first century than he is now. God is God and nothing less than that. He bailed people out. God bailed people out uh, that were in great misery uh, way back under. And he's still God today doing the same thing. Hallelujah. And uh, we, we just kind of imagine way back yonder where God was greater and God was more powerful and God did more things and, and uh, God was God back yonder, but he's something less than God today. Absolutely not. God is God then and God is God now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And miracles are miracles and nothing else. You know, it's a, a miracle is a, a, something that's humanly impossible. And it occurs in the natural realm, apart from natural causes, by the miraculous power of God and for the glory of God. Miracles happen back yonder, and miracles still happen today. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Only God can work miracles. Hallelujah. Only God can work miracles. Praise the Lord. And you hear about some of these great evangelists and TV evangelists and, and famous people. Well, if a miracle happened in their ministry, it was God that did it. It wasn't them. Hallelujah. So in our text, we have recorded three miraculous accounts here. You notice the first one in verse 29. Uh, and by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, who tried to do the same thing, were all drowned. Now, you notice here uh, the situation. These people had come out of Egyptian bondage. They were out in the desert, and uh, they did not have any special powers, and uh, they did not have wings. There was a, a Red Sea in front of them and an Egyptian army behind them, and they were pressured, caught in the middle. They were put in a vice, and uh, they didn't know what to do. They were just people in a jam. Like you and I get in jams lots of times. Might be the Egyptian army, you know, in the, or what, I don't know who's behind us, but he gets behind us and we don't know the way out. We're up against the, uh, and we don't have any special powers either. And we don't have wings to get out of the pressure either. And so they cried out because they were desperate. And the situation was impossible to them. Have you ever been in a desperate situation? And have you ever been in a situation where it was impossible for you to do anything about it? Yes, hallelujah. And when we look at uh, uh, the 14th chapter of Exodus, we'll find out that these people were panicky. They were doubtful. They were fearful. They were complaining. They were people just like us. We get in these pressured type situations and sometimes we get panicky too. Sometimes we doubt if we're going to make it too. Sometimes we complain about God allowing us to get in this situation also. But you know, God gave Moses the instructions of what to do. 
And, uh, of course, he raised his rod up over the water, and uh, as God had instructed him, and the water uh, rolled back and made a wall on each side, and the Bible says it was dry ground. Now, how he dried up that ground so fast, I don't know. Maybe it was a sandy bottom, and it drained off pretty fast. But they marched across, and when the Egyptians tried to do the same thing, the waters closed in on them, and they were all destroyed there. I want you to remember about this story. These people were just plain people. But hallelujah, God was God. Hallelujah, God was God. Praise the name of the Lord. And the miracle was indeed a miraculous event. Hallelujah. That's about the waters of the sea. Verse 30 tells us about the walls of a city. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Now this was after the days of Moses and it was the time for them to go into Canaan's land and as they crossed over Jordan River, the first conquest they had there was um, Jericho. Between these walls of the sea that God raised up and the walls of Jericho passed a period of about 40 years there. Joshua was in charge and he was a brand new leader, untried and, and, and as the head of the people. And he's trying to guide this horde of folks. Now they were not great people nor glorious people. They were just people, weren't they? Not great and not glorious. Sounds about like Ascension Paris to me. And, uh, and Joshua was trying to guide them. And they had been wandering around for 40 years. And they became very disobedient during that time. And uh, so after crossing Jordan, they came to Jericho. And it was a very defensed city. Strong walls. They had to conquer it. And Israel knew nothing about fighting Again, God gave the instruction, didn't he? He said, march around the wall once every day for six days. On the seventh day, you march around seven times. On the last time, you break your pitchers and you, and you holler out. And it seemed quite illogical uh, plan as far as human mind was concerned. But you know what? It worked. The plan worked. And you know why? Because the people were just plain people, but God was God. Hallelujah. They ran up against a defense. A stone wall, in other words. And God was God. Hallelujah. And the miracle again was very miraculous. And I wonder tonight, so many times we do run up against brick walls, doesn't it? No, doesn't it seem like? Whether they're financial walls or whether it's walls dealing with your relatives, trying to get them to come to God. Maybe your husband and you witnessing, you're trying to live the life, you're praying for him, and everything is, he's got his defenses up. Maybe it's people on the job that you're trying to win. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's somebody you passed out tracks to and taught a home Bible study, and they've got their defenses up, and you're up against it. You don't know how to overcome that. We're just plain people. We can't overcome it. But I'll tell you what, we're serving a God who does work the miraculous events. Hallelujah. If we put our faith and our trust in him. Hallelujah. There's one lady that Sister uh, uh, Smith has taught Bible study to, and I've visited a number of times. She's seen the Bible study on video, and, and uh, she knows what she needs to do. And uh, I believe she was baptized, wasn't she? She's even baptized in Jesus' name and came so close at one time 
and, and pray and says receive the Holy Ghost but she doesn't come to church and we try to talk to her and well I don't know I, just, I know it's right and I know I got to make up my mind but she's got her defenses up there's something there that's blocking her got her defenses up and we're up against that we don't know what to do about it well these people were up against a strongly defended city with a very big wall no way they didn't know how to fight a battle but God was God. Hallelujah. And a miracle took place. Praise the Lord. I want you to know he's still God today. And he can break down any defense that you run up against. Hallelujah. The Norton's up in a battle right now trying to uh, reclaim their trailer or money from the trailer or something like that. And people got their defenses up and they don't know how to get it back. But God is God. Hallelujah. God is God. Praise the Lord. And he's able to do anything that needs to be done. Well, we've got a, another story in the 31st verse. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Rahab was a resident of Jer Jericho, and uh, there's no sense in trying to excuse her and try to make her look good. She was just uh, a woman of ill repute. And she, though, did have some faith in Israel's God deep down in her heart that she must have entertained a confidence that somehow God was going to maybe deliver her someday from her sins and maybe bring relief to her from her guilt. Uh, so she entertained the spies and, and uh, she lodged them. When they came to her house, she gave them refuge and hid them and she demonstrated her faith, that's the faith that she had. And when the walls of Jericho collapsed, well, her house was in the wall. But that portion remained up to spare her. That was a miracle. But you know what? She had another miracle that was a second miracle that was probably greater than that. Although she needed this first miracle to, for the, to have the second one. But uh, afterwards, uh, she married the prince uh, uh, Solomon. And they had a son by the name of Boaz. And Boaz and his wife bore a son by the name of Jesse. And Jesse bore, uh, had a son by the name of David. And that put her in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. So her worth was restored to her again, wasn't it? Hallelujah. She was made a person of some dignity and some worth. By what? Because she was just a plain person. But God was still God. Hallelujah. And he performed a miracle. And made something worthwhile out of Rahab. Who was a harlot but not anymore. Praise the Lord. Her worth was restored. Now, I want you to know that uh, these miracles are not recorded in the Bible just to preserve history. They're not just to preserve history. They're to let us know that those folks were ordinary people just like you and I, but they had a God who was God, and we've got the same God. And that God worked a miracle for them and that God will work a miracle for us today. Now I want to ask you, are you facing turbulent waters of pressure from somewhere? I don't know where. Maybe it's the circumstances in your home. Maybe it's uh, circumstances at your job. Maybe it's circumstances in your family. But you feel pressured. Hallelujah. You just feel like you're caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, I want you to know you can count on the Lord Jesus Christ to bring you through. Hallelujah. You can count on him to make a way of escape. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Did you know that God specializes in parting the seas of pressure? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No doubt you've heard this story already. But I, I was, and Sister Bernard and all of us was pressured in Korea because of uh, uh, persecution from the Buddhist. We had printed a tract that uh, offended them. And, and I mean, they were very much offended. Our phones were ringing off the hook. They were cursing and threatening to burn down our churches. They uh, called and, and uh, uh, put a bomb threat on us in our auditorium. We had 88 Americans visiting in Korea and 1,000 Koreans in that auditorium. And here comes a phone call saying they put a bomb in that building. You're talking about pressure. We had the pressure. I broke out in fever blisters all over my mouth. About 10 or 15 of them. I don't know how many. Boy, I was pretty. And that was overnight, though. I mean, that was, you're talking about turning gray-headed overnight. That was overnight, those fever blisters. Because that was pressure. And the Minister of Cultural Affairs called me in and said, you better make peace with a Buddhist in a hurry. He's a guy that could kick me out of the country, you know, if I didn't. Because they were calling the government office. I'm talking about the national office, not the state or the city. And said, you better make pe peace with them in a hurry. And while we were in the middle of trying to make some kind of peace with the Buddhist, the president's wife was assassinated. She was the biggest benefactor of Buddhism. And boy, you're talking about taking the pressure off of us. It's just like letting the pressure valve on a pressure cooker up, uh, go up. And it, would just, it just took it all off of us altogether. And that's a miracle to me, just as much as the Red Sea is. What kind of pressure are you under tonight? Where is it coming from? Is it from debts or is it from uh, finances? You don't have to make enough money. Is it from persecution? Where is the pressure? Is it from a, a situation in your family, in your household? Is it from somebody in the church? I don't know. Where are you getting pressure? Well, we're just plain old people like those folks were people. But we got a God. Hallelujah. There's nothing less than God. And he's able to take the pressure off. He's able to part the Red Sea. Hallelujah. And he's able to deliver you tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Are you running up against a brick wall? You're trying to work for God or do anything else that's good. I don't know. But whoever you're trying to help or whatever you're trying to do, they've got a defense built around the situation and you just can't overcome it. They're very, uh, as a defense wall there. Well, again, you may have heard this story too, but we had a witness to a man who owned a, a campground and he had four or five revivals a year out there at the campground and about 2,000 people from many different denominations were in his camp. And of course he had some other preachers that were on the board of directors. They were all the board of directors and the camp director that owned it were United Methodist people. They sprinkle in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But somehow this camp director had received the Holy Ghost and he wrote me a letter and he said if there's anybody in your organization that has the baptism of the Holy Ghost I'd like for them to come preach for them one time. Well I figured I had it so I invited myself to go preach for him. Praise the Lord. The net result of that is I baptized the camp director, the man that owned the thing, in our baptistry at our church. And he invited us. He said, if you'll dig a hole for a baptismal pool, well, we'll baptize everybody out there that'll, that'll, that's willing to be baptized. So we did. 
And we built a thousand square feet baptismal pool. How big is that? It's probably at least as big as this side of the uh, pew section here. It's pretty good size. We made steps in on one side and out on the other side. And, but today, all those board of directors were United Methodists. And it didn't matter whether I baptized the director or not. They put up a howl. I mean, no, it's not going to happen here. And we're preaching baptism in Jesus' name. And they're going around to everybody and said, they are not only heretics, they are big heretics. <laughs> and, and he came into the room the day we were supposed to baptize. And he pounded his fist on the table and said, Bernard, get out. There was a Coke bottle on that table and it jumped up and almost hit the ceiling when he hit that table there. And so we were sitting around the breakfast table there on the floor and by that time the camp director was getting kind of shaky because all of his um, board of directors there was, was all against it, you know. And he was getting kind of shaky. So they started uh, saying some lot of remarks about me, you know, and I guess think they're going to run me off. I don't know. I had three Americans there at that time helping us with the revival. One was Brother Kraft, and I don't know, he, he did a lot of crying when he was preaching. And they said, look at Brother Kraft. said, he's like the prophet Jeremiah, you know. There's another preacher there, and he had white hair. They ignored mine, but said, look at him. His hair is just like an angel's. Then they said, now look at Brother Bernard. You see his old long nose? They actually said that. Said, you see his old long nose? That means he's stingy. Those American preachers said to me, said, Brother Bernard, I wouldn't take that. I'd get up and leave. But you know, we had preached the gospel. We were planning to baptize that morning. The defenses were there. They built up their defenses, didn't they? Anything they could do to run us off. They built up their defenses. But wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Take whatever you got to take. What does it matter if you suffer wrong? You ever thought about that? Letting people run over you? Well, what did Jesus say? If they slap you on one side of the cheek, you turn the other. What is he saying? Let them run over you. Isn't that what he's saying? Well, I don't believe you agree with me. <laughs> is that right, Sister Bernard? Yeah, she's on my side. I can, if she's with me, I can make it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just wait on the Lord. He can penetrate the defense of anybody. And so we stuck it out. And before that breakfast meeting was over, we had a prayer together. Somehow God moved and the camp director said, come on, let's go. We'll baptize them. We went out there and preached. And after the message, did you know 550 people were baptized in one baptismal service in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? God can penetrate the defense that people are putting up against you. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're up against tonight, but wait on the Lord. Don't take matters into your own hands. But wait on Him. Hallelujah. He can tear down anybody's defense. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our worthless past. I guess we don't need to go into it. All of us know how bad we were. <laughs> but it was worthless, wasn't it? Come on now. Were you worthy to be a saint? Were you worthy to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Uh, we can't talk too much about Rahab. Even if we didn't do whatever she did, we did things that were still... Sin is sin, you know, and it only takes one to send you to hell. Well, it only takes running one red light to get a ticket. You don't have to kill anybody. Sin, sin. You're breaking the law. But did you know God specializes 
in taking our worthless past and making something beautiful out of them. Hallelujah. Aren't you a witness to that tonight? Trust him to restore your value. Hallelujah. Don't put your trust in people. Don't limit God. Don't discount a miracle. Hallelujah. Put your trust in him. And if you feel worthless tonight, let him make you worthwhile by flooding your soul with his spirit. Hallelujah. And giving you that worth. Amen. Sister Deval Becky, would you come and uh, let's stand together and we'll sing that chorus. Bring all your needs to the altar. We'll take our prayer requests and our needs. Hallelujah. While we're singing that chorus, I wonder if we'd just come stand around the altar. Let the men stand on this side, the ladies on this side. Circle around. Don't stand out in the aisles. Come up close so I can see you. Bring all your needs to the altar. Bring all your needs to the altar.